This is a decent podcast. It's haunted phosphorescence. This is your host, Throw Smiley, and why don't you tell Daddy to come by and see me tonight? <laughs> who's, who's joining me this week? I'm Josh CC, and if you start with the Dion Warwick stuff, I'm going to throw you out a fucking window. I'm Brian Lesh, and I just might lick them as they walk by, if you <laughs> threaten me enough. I'm Alaric Weber. Can I wear bugs? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. Fire yeah. trucks, man. You got to wear the fire <laughs> trucks. United States. Ah, this Where is a Haunted Phosphorescence, your Spooktober <laughs> podcast, uh, where we're watching some scary movies this month. Well, scary. <laughs> scary is relative. <laughs> we're watching some movies that have some sort of creepiness to them. Uh, this show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. There's bonus content there. We've got a bunch of monthly movies up. Uh, we have a bunch of music ones. Uh, we've got a Star Wars miniseries up there. Um, just go check it out. Uh, we're about a week or so. We'll have a new monthly movie up. We're going to be doing The Island of Dr. Moreau <laughs> this month. That'll be up there. Uh, not what an too. island. Yes, what an island. I accidentally got a... I went on vacation and accidentally went to the island of Dr. Moreau instead of uh, <laughs> instead of Maui. It was so uh, it was cheaper. Damn you, Expedia. Yeah, I price-lined my way into it. <laughs> to the island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, the Airbnbs are nice. Yeah, they're not bad, but they, they have a cleaning fee, but they still make you <laughs> take out all the trash and sweep. But this this week on Haunted Phosphorescence, we're watching Stir of Echoes. Oh, I saw a guy who got a two-inch needle stuck into his arm while he was under hypnosis, didn't feel king. Okay, Kreskin, prove it. <clears throat> Hypnotize somebody. Yeah, do me. No. Come on. What's the worst that can happen? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I know that song. Are you okay? What the hell did she do to me? I see a red door and I want to paint it He hasn't gone to work. He sleeps like 12 hours a night. Why are you digging? The man's switch got flipped. He's a receiver now. She's taking him away. She was here. What's the problem? September 10th, 1999, had a running time of 100 minutes. It made 
or it cost twelve million dollars, and it made twenty one million dollars. Um, yeah, not bad. Sure. Yeah, yeah do all right. Uh, remember in the mid to late nineties how covers of Painted Black were so edgy? Oh my god! It meant you were an edgy band. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think the movie would have benefited by having that song in it at the climax of it. It did. Mm. Did I, it? No, it was at the. It was over the credits. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. used pieces of it, but they didn't actually Wait. play the song in the film until the credits. Okay. They 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 used pieces of it as a motif, I think, in the score. I thought it was playing. That's what was playing on the radio when the two kids were assaulting her. Oh, you're right. It was. Is it? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so I take it back. I guess it, it does happen at the climax of the movie. Her screams. That's right. Usually, I'm wrong. So no, 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 no. I think you're know, right this time. No, I. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because I, I watched it twice, but I didn't rewatch the ending twice for reasons that we'll probably talk about. And the reason I remember mm-hmm. is because I think Andrew was like, oh, that's the riff he was figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, if you're you're like a rock guy in the 90s, you're 100% going to recognize the Paint It Black riff. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so It was one of those uh, repressed memories of his. <laughs> I have some repressed was, memories about the stones. But echoing it's out. Not about that song. Echoing out. Uh um, yeah. So uh Stir of Echoes. Because I, I think he could hear things as opposed to the kid seeing things. Obviously, Kevin Baker could see things too, but do you know what I mean? This was more audio. Hmm. Yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. The kid would look up and talk to to things. Like yeah, the kid was seeing things all eye the time. contact, yeah, We're, conversation. That makes sense considering he was a musician and had yeah. <laughs> Jude was looking at his like when he was listening to his CDs. Yes. Jude was like, "Why are people mad about streaming again? <laughs> look look at that! He's like paging through him, trying to find a song." I know, and his records. Yeah. Um. So all right. Yeah. Like I said, it made twenty one million dollars, which ain't bad. I'm sure it did even better on a home video. That's where I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater. Um. Same. But uh, I think that means we should play the top box office top ten game. This Woo-hoo. is the game where I will describe the top ten movies of the week of September tenth, nineteen ninety nine. We were preparing for Y2K. <laughs> we really were. We didn't have time for shenanigans. <laughs> Any minute now, all of our computers <laughs> are going to be charging us 100 years worth of late fees. <laughs> uh, we had no idea what they even did. Uh, computers. <laughs> we were like, airplanes will fall from the sky. Will my Minesweeper be uninstalled? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my Windows 98 uh, pinball game will no longer function correctly. Hey, that pinball game. Thousands of hours, man. Thousands of hours, probably. Uh, um, so, yeah, the box office top 10 game. Just real quickly, I'm going to run down some of the movies that aren't in the top 10 because they were released far too long ago to be there. But... um. We've got hanging into the top 50 here, The Matrix, Life is Beautiful, The Mummy, Eyes Wide Shut, American Beauty, uh, Lake Placid, uh, Arlington Road, The Haunting, um, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, Wild Wild West, Big Daddy, Mystery Men, The Iron Giant, 
Tarzan, uh, Run Lola Run, The Phantom Menace, American Pie, Deep Blue Sea, um, and The Blair Witch Project all are in theaters this week. That's wild. Oh. oh. 99 was a great year for movies. 99 was crazy for movies, yeah. Um, And at number 10 this week, a new biological chemical weapon that explodes up to temperatures over 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm trying to figure out that sentence. Uh, Falls into the hands of two men who try to make sure that it doesn't get stolen by a terrorist. Starring America's Sweethearts, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Skeet Ulrich. Uh, <laughs> shit, it was like an ice cream truck that they were driving around. I have uh, not seen this, so you're you're ahead yeah. of me, Brian. Fuck. It does, yeah. like th- that, it, it is a temperature title. It is a temperature title, absolutely. And the tagline oh. is, keeping cool is a matter of life and death. Boiling point? No, no, go no, the other, other it's temperature. A freezing freezer point. point. Close. Zero below. Uh, it's uh, it's called chill factor. Chill <laughs> factor. Okay. Chill factor. He has a chill factor. I think the only, reason, the only reason I remember it is because I saw The Phantom Menace like a dozen times in the movie theater. Uh, oh, was that on The Phantom Menace? I, I think it was, a, yeah, one of the trailers. Or it was like a poster everywhere. Hmm. Uh, at uh, number nine this week. Nine. <laughs> nine. Uh, oof. An English auctioneer <laughs> proposes to the daughter of a mafia kingpin, only to realize that certain favors would be asked of him. Um, st- <laughs> starring Hugh Grant, James Caan, and Gene Triplehorn. <laughs> A.K.A. Gene Triple, Hor- triple, horn. triple Horny. <laughs> Somehow I anticipated Hugh Grant. We did say role. I did say the phrase British auction, <laughs> British, British auctioneer. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> I anticipated. It's called. It's a romantic comedy you can't refuse. Okay. Oh. The family, in the family. It, uh, it's uh, the offer. It's called The Godfather's Daughter. A horse a in one. my bed. <laughs> it's called Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh, I know that. Yeah. yeah. Name, the name. After that now. My mom watched it. <laughs> it's all right. I think, you can, I think a lot of mothers did. Yeah. Yeah. Hugh Grant. And, Somehow a dreamboat. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> At number eight this week, Egypt is and ever was a place of mystery. Many rumors spread around the Great Pyramids of Giza. The mummy. Nope. No. <laughs> this is the Scorpion King. No. This this is an this is a this is an IMAX docu like like oh. documentary like uh like mysteries the, of the pyramids or something. Close, of the close. Mysteries of Egypt. Mysteries of oh. Egypt. Yeah, I think I think I might have seen that in Germany on IMAX. Mm. Oh, uh, narrated by Omar Sharif. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Uh, at number seven this week, with a, another British dreamboat, a very rich and successful playboy amuses himself by stealing artwork, but may have met his match in a seductive detective. 
Um, this is a really good the, movie. Thomas Crown Affair? The Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. You, yeah. I thought it was a little too early for that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you get the man who has everything as its tagline? I love old taglines. <laughs> There's... Yeah. So punny. Always. Oh, it had to be. Uh, there was a there was a guy who just did that. Like that was his only job or her only job. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's all they did. Well, that's um, like like they there's made a guy, millions. Yeah. Like they worked at marketing companies. The, studios have a, studios have people that just name the movies. Like if like like sometimes they're like yeah it's fine whatever the writer had but like like Pixar has a guy whose only job was to name the movies. And, yep. And he got a million dollar bonus for cars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, also up. A two letter word. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, well, he, did he get money he for Toy Story him. 3 and Toy Story 4? I don't. I hope so. I, <laughs> it was like, wait, wait, yeah, guys. I, I, I think it. that it was, when you walk into Big Star, there's a big trunk of money and you're just, you know, you just take it like a cereal bar in the yeah, break out of a t shirt cannon. They're just like, here's some money. We're Pixar. They're like, don't let Disney know how we're spending this, though. Yeah. Like, it costs them $7 to make a movie now. They're just <laughs> spending it all on a good time. Yeah, John Lasseter still sends the old invoices. <laughs> uh, um, at number six this week, a man, having fallen in love with the wrong woman, is sent by the Sultan himself. On a diplomatic <laughs> mission to a distant land as an ambassador, stopping at a Viking village port to restock on supplies, he finds himself unwittingly embroiled in a quest to banish a mysterious threat in a distant Viking land. That was a journey. Whoa, 1999. That sounds like an 80s movie, right? It stars Antonio Banderas. Oh, from the author of Jurassic Park, who we'll be talking about quite a bit today, actually. And Crichton? The direct- Michael Crichton. That's a Crichton story. Um, apparently, Vikings and and the director of Die Hard. I think they meet. Oh, no, it says the author. I was thinking they were meaning the uh, not like the writer of the screenplay, the screenplay writer. But no, it says the author. So that mean that would lead me to believe they mean Crichton. Um. Hmm. It's not airframe. Timeline? Uh, no. Viking. <laughs> um, uh, it is uh, starring Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Viking. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. uh, well, no, no. He was sent by the Sultan and he ended up with the Vikings. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, the Sultan Everyone's himself. Favorite. <laughs> yeah. Aladdin up north. <laughs> Aladdin goes. Aladdin goes Hawaiian. <laughs> Aladdin goes Aladdin, Scandinavian. Patrol. Yeah. Um, uh, Ernest saves the Sultan's <laughs> swing. It's it's the Thirteenth Warrior. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that movie. Weird. I've yeah. never seen it. I know it exists. Um, I'm checking now. I'm looking. Wait, isn't Jet Li in that? No, that's um. Again, these all feel like we were preparing for Y2K. We didn't have time for this shit, right. dude. I feel like that's like all these movie production studios are like, we got to get them out before the end of the world, man. These yeah. people, you know, 
bread and circuses until the end. Uh, um, he, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find Crichton anywhere on here, and he's not. However, um, it was it was a novel from 1976. Oh, uh, oh the I novel didn't... was called uh, Eaters of the Dead. Okay, that would explain why. Eaters I didn't, of the Dead. I didn't find the Thirteenth Warrior anywhere in my quick perusal of his Wikipedia page. Um, at uh, number five this week at the box office, when a desperate movie producer fails to get a major star for his bargain basement film, he decides to shoot the film secretly around him. Oh shit! This is Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. Yep. Right? Uh, oh, wait. Bowfinger? Bowfinger! Yes. Bowfinger. Wow, that was 99? Yep. It wasn't bad. I thought that that was so the much earlier. The idea was brilliant. It yeah. could have been executed a little better, but yeah. It was a solid B-. minus. It's got some yeah. hilarious moments. Well, and that idea of just surreptitiously like filming a movie around people. Yeah. <laughs> um, oof. <laughs> this is a real 1999 movie here. Um... A reporter is assigned to write a story about a woman who has left a string of fiancés at the altar. Runaway, Runaway bride. bride. Yep. Julia Roberts and Richard we Gere. All the, the poster is her in a wedding dress, tightening up her running shoes. Oh, I can I see like the poster in my head. I remember so the poster. I. Yeah. yeah. Catch her if you can. That's <laughs> the tagline. Eat, pray, shut. <laughs> Joke's on you, Julia. I've been training for this since I... <laughs> Proposed. I don't want to marry Eat, you. Pray, kill. <laughs> um, <and laughs> I hired the Terminator and the Predator to be at our wedding. <laughs> Good luck. You have two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> run, Julia, run. <laughs> I just imagine the priest comes out. He's like, This is an unconventional wedding, folks. The bride has already been given a minute to escape. Let's all go out in the lawn and watch her escape these. Hired mercenaries. Where there are canapes and mimosas being served. Uh, if she is caught, the ceremony will continue. And there will up be those crazy legs. Um, at number three this week, a young boy sees dead people. Uh, well, it's the sixth sense, but it actually it's, it's Stir of Echoes. No, no, it is Stir of Echoes. <laughs> at number yeah. three. Opening exactly. at number three. Uh, meanwhile, at number two this week, a young boy sees dead people. For real, they were in the theater at the same that time. That is the sixth, sixth sense. sense. Yep, <laughs> the sixth wow. sense. So it was like the um, Armageddon, or no, wait, what was it? A deep impact in State. Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, and then, yes, all of those. Dante's Peak didn't. Yeah, I can only think of one. <laughs> <laughs> Ants yes. and Bugs Life is the one that yeah. I always think of as a kid. There you go. But, but yeah, far out that they were both the same time yeah it was the beginning of the creepy kid besides the like korean horror movie the grudge and the ring and stuff but like yeah now it's just it's so stock horror movie that i hate it it just hates it so bad yeah yeah kids don't creep me out yeah no there's like <laughs> they aggravate me sometimes or they amuse me but yeah like go to your room you little weirdo <laughs> Go read or draw. Yeah, quit licking walls. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Why are you standing in the end of a hall constantly? Go clean your room. And opening at number one this week. <laughs> That's the hill I'm dying on. Folks. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> opening at number one this week, Gabriel Burns sees dead people. Um, <laughs> it's uh, when a young woman becomes afflicted. A priest is sent to investigate her case, which may have severe ramifications for his faith and for the Catholic Church itself. It is not an exorcist movie. No, but he is an exorcist, right? Uh, I can't, I, something like that. I think he's like the church's investigator. I, like I remember this. Um, I remember this movie. It's not great. Starring Pat- Patricia Arquette, Gabriel Byrne, as I mentioned, and Cusack, our fa- third favorite Cusack, uh, Jonathan Price. Uh, Neil Long in huh. Stigmata. Oh, ah, uh, yeah. Others are on that. Too. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, the top three movies are all like vaguely horror related. Good time for horror movies, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Plus the fact that there are two Sixth Senses <laughs> yeah. in theaters at the same time. I forgot that. Yeah, well, and I, know. I mean, the Sixth Sense kind of came out of nowhere. Like, no one was expecting it to be this giant thing. <laughs> but imagine being somebody's mother or aunt during this time and trying to describe to someone else <laughs> and distinguish between these two movies. Right. Well, it had a little boy, and the little boy could talk to dead people. No, Bruce Willis wasn't in it. <laughs> it must have been a terrible time. <laughs> Kevin, yeah, Kevin Bacon. Bruce Willis. <laughs> um, yeah, so that brings us to the uh, film itself. This movie uh, started out as a book by Richard Matheson called A Stir of Echoes. Uh, the film is just Stir of Echoes. They dropped the A. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> like a girl in a club, they dropped the A. Uh, so, uh, it was his, let's see, uh, it was a 1958 novel, by the way. So, wow. Yeah, it was around for a while. I imagine, I imagine people wow. in the 50s were, were like, wow, a kid can see dead people. <laughs> Crazy. We'll never see this one again. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. That's, um, huh. I I wonder the similarities, and I wonder what was updated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the book. um, It doesn't doesn't say what. It uh, doesn't mention hypnotism. Um, Just says a chance event awakens psychic abilities. Yeah. I wonder if... Is it the same sort of crux, like a, a girl who was murdered and then hidden? Yeah, it doesn't... Uh, yeah, it'd have to... Uh, it does mention uh, a message from beyond the grave. Yeah. Um, um, that could be funny. anything, we, though. Yeah. We just finished watching Mike Flanagan's uh, Fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> a, it's a similar kind of thing with the masonry and... Mm. Secrets behind the wall. Of course. The, uh, what was it? Uh, Cask of Amontillado? Yes. Yeah, the, uh, the entire Poe universe is adapted. That's just the... Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, so yeah, David Kep wrote and directed this. David Kep, um, best known as a screenwriter, but he has a directed a few. Uh, he has writing credits on Death Becomes Her, Jurassic Park, Carlito's Way, our favorite Damn. Alec Baldwin vehicle, The Shadow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Carlito's Way though. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Uh, the oh. Lost World, um, Panic Room, Spider Man, um, Zathura, um, both of the last two Indiana <laughs> Jones movies, Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny. Um, uh, I like any room can be a panic room if you just give me a fucking second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, he uh, he's 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 a very well known, well respected, well working uh uh hollywood script guy films he's directed um this uh prior to this he directed wrote and directed a movie called the trigger effect in 1996 um starring kyle mclaughlin and elizabeth shoe oh and dermot mulroney (laughs) the mulroney uh a a veritable who's who of 1990s b-listers um but uh yeah. Uh, after this, he directed something called Secret. Oh, with oh Johnny Depp. Okay. Secret, the Secret Wind- Window. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was interesting. And uh, 2008, he uh, did Ghost Town, with which is uh, Ricky Gervais can see ghosts. Oh right. <laughs> what if Ricky Gervais could talk to dead people? <laughs> yeah, that elevator pitch. Yeah. Um. Oh my God! In 2020. He wrote and directed a film called You Should Have Left, starring Kevin Bacon, about, let's see, uh, the family books a vacation in Wales, but the house is haunted. Uh, Look out. Yeah. Oh, wow. He really hits that theme, the dead people theme. Um, Time tested, kid tested, mother approved. Yeah. Oof. So, uh, um, um, it was produced by Gavin Pallone, who produces Curb. And if you've ever seen any of the Curb memes, you know, his is the first name. So, just so many times in this movie, it was like, bom, 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 Gavin Pallone. <laughs> yeah, so many times. Uh, um, yeah, this was an artisan entertainment. It had no major studio behind it. Artisan, though, is um, a. Uh, are they? Do they? Are they still around? I feel like yes, but no, <laughs> so, no, no. Because I watch old movies too. So yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, like I, I watched it this week, so it was produced last week. Um, it, no, they folded in two thousand three and became Lionsgate. Oh, um, they Good were. Kate. Yeah, they, they, they. Oh, they started out as a subsidiary of Carol Co. Dear God. Wow. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, that stars, of course. I there's not much to like the background of this. You know, David Kep read the book. I <laughs> was like, hey, this would make a good movie, and pitched it and got uh, funded. So, um. Uh. Let's see. Oh, he... Oh. Huh. 
Originally, he wanted to make... He had an idea to make something closer to Duel. Okay, that's weird. That is weird. In this movie? Or just in general, he wanted like to? As, as the, he was making a project, and he was inspired by Duel, but then couldn't get anything going, and instead found this book uh, and decided to make this. Okay. <laughs> Exciting story there. Um, uh, so uh, stars Kevin Bacon. Of course, we have talked about Kevin Bacon before in, uh, let's see, the, the X-Men First Class. Oh, yeah. He was Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about him before. Is that our only movie we've covered with Bacon? That seems crazy. It does seem crazy. No. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I was going to say the Guardians of the Galaxy, but that was a Christmas special. We definitely haven't done that. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do the Christmas special. I think we did it whatever weekend we did Mac and Me or Galaxy Quest. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, we have not done any other Kevin That's Bacon wild. movie. That we should do the Tremors movie. The Tremors series. Oh, because they're Those nuts. Be cool. They are. Yeah, they are. I love Fred Ward. Too. Yeah, Fred Ward, rest in peace. Yeah, indeed. Jude is barely uh, aware of Kevin Bacon, <laughs> like because he's like he kind of—I don't want to say he dried up, but like he was—he was much bigger in the '80s and '90s than he has been in our recent eras. Um, but he's never stopped working. No, no, he's—he's he's in. I mean, he's in. A he was just in a decent horror movie on Hulu, the um, They Them. Mm. about bigots and being very angry at woke culture um, or stuff. He's uh, married to Kira Sedgwick. Um, and, oh my God, they lost all of their money to Bernie Madoff. Yeah, they did. Uh, Is that a thing that happened to a lot of celebrities? I didn't even... I, a, I, because quite I a few, but that yeah, happen. that's... Um, that's that was the whole con is that you you know these hedge funds you go to really really wealthy people talk them into yeah. investing in it yeah it that, wasn't wow. a pyramid scheme that, there was nothing to sell he just told them i can invest your money well well and then and, just walked out of the room and fr- and frankly that's why Ma- <laughs> yeah that's not, not failed ventures yeah just walked right out of the room i mean frankly that's why madoff like got treated so harshly because he fucked over a lot of rich people <laughs> Yeah, famous rich people. Yeah. He made them look silly. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Catherine Herb, Irby? Irby. Catherine Irby as, uh, what was her name? Maggie, uh, Kevin Bacon's wife in the film. Um, Marie, right, from her. Breaking Bad? Yeah, wait. No, 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 no not no. at all. It's not Marie? No. No, she, this, she was in What About Bob, Catherine Irby. She, she was. was oh, the yeah. daughter in that. But also, she was on my favorite Law and Order, um, is the Criminal Intent with Vincent D'Onofrio. She mm-hmm. was D'Onofrio's uh, partner through all that. Oh, so that's where I recognize her from. That was probably the best Law and Order they made. Yeah. Criminal Intent. Yeah, she was on that for 10 years. So that's she's she's sitting at home getting residuals. Yep. Um, yeah. If you if your career included dun dun, you're good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ileana Douglas as Lisa, um, uh, famed character actress. Uh, let's see. 
Where to even start with her? Um, oh, she was, let's see, uh, Six Feet Under is definitely something I remember her from. Um, Scorsese discovered her, I think, at the Actress Studio. I think she was one of those. Yeah. She uh, reminds me of Allison Janney so much for some reason. I, but I think it's the Allison tallness. Janney's way better. Yeah, yeah. She was. I never really liked Ileana Douglas. She was honest. dating Martin Scorsese, or was she married for like uh, 10 years? Oh. 89 to 97. Wow. Um, yeah. Ooh, those are prime. Good fellas in there. She's she's a uh, she's a Nepo baby. She's related to Melvin Douglas. Oh, wow. I've heard yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, she's fine. Uh, yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah. She's just a character actress. She's in a bunch of... She's like, she's like fifth on the call sheet in like 100 movies. She was in Goodfellas. Uh, she was in Ghost World. She was quite good in that. Yeah. Cape Fear. Uh, Cape Fear, yes. Yeah. Um, like you said, Ghost World. Uh, the Adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> Somebody had to. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. She hasn't. Wow. Yeah, she's she's hasn't been in a film since 2016. She's done a little bit of TV. So she's seems to be semi-retired. Um, but, uh, then we've got Kevin Dunn as Frank McCarthy. Okay. I feel like that was a totally terribly terrible casting choice. Yeah. Because I was, he he does not seem like a peer of Kevin Bacon. He seems older. Yeah. And more. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's not the kind of guy Kevin Bacon would hang out with. I feel like even if he lived three doors down from him. Well, right, a guy from the neighborhood like that character, Lenny, that I'm sure we'll talk about. But, um, yeah. yeah, but it just wasn't right. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Like a Bruno Kirby type thing. But wait, yeah. I don't know how to. No, no, I know what you mean. Um, He's he's well, like, uh, he he's he's like the, the he plays a lot of like the, the grumpy, like, uh, like political guy a lot. He was in Dave, Godzilla. Oh, um, oh he's on Veep and he's. Fantastic. Veep. He's a yeah. He's like a political headhunter strategist kind of guy. And so good. Yeah. He, but yeah, he pops up. He's not bad. Yeah, he's he's another big character actor. He's been in a ton of things. Right. Ghostbusters 2, um <laughs> Beethoven's second. <laughs> like I just think there's probably a younger, schleppier guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he played Charles Colson in Nixon. Huh. So yes, I did. don't I don't know how old Kevin Bacon was supposed uh, how old Tom was supposed to be in this movie um, but Kevin Bacon was 40 I mean aesthetically when this when this was filmed but yeah like uh I was but Kevin almost, Bacon was I was almost like, sh- go ahead Al yeah that, I uh I was shocked uh to find out that he was 40 when this was filmed um because he looked so good yeah still. he was playing younger I feel like he was playing like 30 maybe yeah. 35 tops um well, i thought met, even maybe even a little younger than that i thought yeah. maybe 30 yeah 30 they, they uh mentioned that uh, he and maggie had been together for eight years right yeah. so that they got to they stayed together after jake yeah was born because he's what do you think six five they say Seven. five and the, oh he's five okay they say five right. yeah so for three years and then five with the kid but they anyway. seem they they seem closer to 30 or at least he does because you know 
he's really heavy on the my dreams. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not going to be a lineman forever. Yeah, this oh. this movie is super, super dude who's just realizing that his his dreams of being a rock star aren't going to happen. He can barely play right. the fucking guitar, man. Right. It's well, never going to happen. He doesn't recognize the riff. It's like, yeah, no, paint it black. He doesn't recognize the riff to paint it black. How good of a musician can he be? But yeah, no, Josh. Like you were saying, you, you, you get, at forty, you're like, okay. I, I, you're, well, at forty, you're like, I have to afford braces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your dreams, dental plan. Way, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Did you have dreams? How quaint. But thirty, you know. Yeah. But anyways, I'm with Al. That's a good looking forty. He's just, I like me the Baconator. <laughs> we grew up. <laughs> the Baconator. Uh, um, and uh, Louise Stress as Sheila, Frank's wife. Uh, she's uh, again older. She went to high school with them. She seems so much older than Maggie. She's younger than any of them, actually. Wow. Oh, I don't know about seems... Maggie. Let me see. Ma- Maggie actually is young. Catherine Irby. She's is... young. Yeah, she's young. No, like she's, she's, she was, no, Sheila, the wife was younger than any of the other three actors in those two couples. She comes off as so much older. I know. Okay. So they, they are a little older than Maggie and, and uh, yeah, they have to be because they're sons in high school. He's a high school football yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to their five-year-old. I, I get the so, feeling. This so is... it's probably a neighborhood relationship rather than exactly. school. Exactly. Because I get the idea that that like this is a close knit neighborhood. Kevin Bacon and what's her face just moved there six months ago, and oh. they're just they're getting to know everybody in the neighborhood, and they're making friends right. with the neighborhood people. It's weird they don't have friends outside the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's we we'll talk about that probably. Chicago and the block parties. And, well, yeah, uh, there's that. But, insular the neighborhoods. But they just moved uh, there, and he was in a band. Like you think he'd have some friends who are like, "Hey, you're hanging out with all these neighborhood people. You don't have time for six us anymore." Six months is surprising. Yeah. When you find out it's only been six months. So. Yeah. Um, the uh, Jennifer Morrison played Samantha, the ghost. <laughs> um. She uh, with the most. Yeah. Oh wait, we talked about him last. Um, let's see. She uh, is probably best known as playing uh, Emma Swan in Once Upon a Time. That's the lead character from that yes. show. Uh, yeah. She also played Winona Kirk in the uh, 2009 reboot of Star Trek. That's James T. Kirk's mother. Um, Winona. Yeah, uh, and other than that, she she was one of uh, Ted's love interests in How I Met Your Mother. Those are best known for. Um, and Lisa Well played Debbie Kozak, the babysitter, uh, Samantha's sister. She's best known as Paris from Gilmore Girls. Um, she also spent some time on How to Get Away with Murder. Six years she played an attorney on that show. Did she get oh, away? yeah. I've never watched How to Get Away with Murder. The first season is pretty good. <laughs> so when I finally commit murder, it's going to go terribly. Yes. It's uh, going to be Ola Davis, so you can't really complain. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's about it for the production. Like I said, there's not a lot. Before we move on, uh, I want, I looked up more on Richard Matheson. Um, he wrote a lot of novels and uh, for f- film and TV. Um, some, of, let's see, some of his novels 
uh, included I Am Legend, The Shrinking oh. Man, oh. Um, and What Dreams May Come. Oh, so huh. Debbie's reading The Shrinking Man. Yeah. The sister, oh, yeah. baby sisters. That's right. Um, wow. He wrote a lot of Not exactly uh, lightweight short stories. He wrote for The Twilight Zone and wrote a lot of short stories that became uh, The Twilight Zone, including Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, the most famous, arguably the most famous. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote um, for film uh, The House of Usher, Pit and the Pendulum, and The Raven. Wow, the Vincent Price ones? The, like, um... Oh, yes. Yeah, so I guess the dates would tell me the sixties. Um do, do, do. he wrote Jaws three D. <laughs> oh my um, god. It's one of my first movie memories. Not first, but you early. Jaws three D. This time in three D. That's it. Boom. Done. No, it was so, at a SeaWorld. It was like at an ocean park. And you went in a <laughs> tube underwater and the shark uh-huh. started ramming the tube to get the people and it started shattering. And so it was like an experience, not a well, movie. No, he just started attacking because Dennis Quaid's a part of the family. No, no, no. You know how In that, the, movie. the sharks hated that family. Oh, yeah, because it's personal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the shark personal. hated the. Oh my Quaid's? god! What is it? What was it? Jaws four when they went to the Caribbean? And it was called this. Yeah. The tagline was "This time it's personal," <laughs> because yeah. the shark she was hated the that last, family what? particularly. The Brodies hated the Brodies. That's wow. The shark. Uh, we should do the shark. The shark movies. We should do the Jaws <laughs> series. Oh, the Jaws. Well, and we should say the Sharks family also hated this family because it's not. Yeah, it's Bruce different the shark. shark. That one it's, does it's die. A fam- family feud. It is. It's like the yeah. Hatfields it's, and McCoys <laughs> of the ocean <laughs> of the ocean. <laughs> um, for television, like I said, he wrote uh, sixteen episodes of The Twilight Zone, um, uh, and. A bunch of other stuff, but uh, an episode of Star Trek, uh, the fifth episode in the first season, The Enemy Within. Oh, okay. Ooh. That was a good one. Uh, the one where a uh, transporter accident splits Kirk's good and bad personalities. Yep. Yep. <laughs> transporter. So he's um, even more lecherous. Like, he's just more of a. <laughs> did, didn't that like happen creep? with. With number two, also with yeah, Freaks. Riker. Riker got there's, yeah, there's like a bizarro Riker. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and, and same he like kind gave of him his or something. Same He's kind like, of like my uh, jumpsuit's a little small. Thomas Riker. He took the middle Thomas name. Thomas Riker. Riker. Yeah, but he, uh, Thomas Riker. He wasn't evil, and like he went and had his own life. But, yeah, but, but, he was but, just an independent no, no, Riker. But he showed up on Voyager <laughs> oh. and was evil again, which was hilarious because the episode <laughs> where he shows up on Voyager. They think it's um they think it's regular Riker. But uh-huh. then then he pulls off his fake sideburns and he's Thomas Riker with just a goatee. <laughs> oh my god, I love Futuristic that. Spirit gum he was in that fake. he was in that uh that secret alliance that was fighting a war. God, was that group called? Al? The secret like the secret army that was fighting I forget oh, who it was. The the Hessians. The Benny Jesuit. No, it's something like that though. It's some alien name. Yeah. The the Zindi? No. Oh no, that that was Enterprise. I'm sorry. They were they uh, were fighting like they were, it was like a like a quiet Vulcan what, what? group that had like a, that had like acquired a bunch of right? different races. In yeah, it's, in, it's in DS9. 
Yeah. yeah. It was uh, the, what were they called? They were the Bajoran were a lot in it. Right? Um, yeah. I know what you're talking about because I watched Deep Space Nine more than Voyager, but yeah. I can't think of their name. Yeah, yeah. He's, but he, that's that's where I think of the Marquis. The Maquis. Oh, Maquis. Yes. Um, Thank half, you. Half of Voyager, the half of the Voyager crew was uh, Maquis, Maquis uh, people. It was like a rebellion or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek. <laughs> it, it, got, it got crazy in the late 90s when they were just like, we're just throwing out a bunch of shit here, guys. Everything's Rick Berman. Yeah. Yeah, no. Rick, Rick Berman was still in charge, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, we're just going to keep making stuff happen. Whereas now they're like, we're going to make sure nothing ever happens and we're only going in the past. <laughs> Except for Picard, which is... Well, yeah. Is, wow. Yeah. Which event, which eventually ended up in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Se- well, just, second season. Such a shame. They're- they're just treating it better. You know, even J.J. Abrams all looking that good. Rick Berman didn't care. He's like, this is my space ATM. <laughs> I, I as just, soon as Gene Roddenberry died, that gap between Roddenberry and like it till Rick Berman yeah. was gone, so, it was real like whatever I say. Trek and Wars, though, I have the same problem with Trek and Wars current place in that they refuse to do anything new Everything has to be set within time periods we are very familiar with. They won't go into yeah. the future. Yeah. Because look. <laughs> uh, except Discovery. Mm. Oh, yeah. Disco did go like 3,000 years into the future from 3,000 years in the future. Disco, I love that. That's yeah. true. That's true. But but that's far that's enough all, in the future. Other crew shirts say disco on it, and I fucking love I, it. I wish they're like, no, yeah, that's far enough the, in the NCC Studio 54. 3,000 years in the future is far enough that it may as well just be a different thing altogether. Yeah, it's all nanites and shit, too. It's like, it just feels like modern sci fi. Mm. So, all right, Stir of Echoes um, was not reviewed by. Uh, Siskel and Ebert. This came around right at the time when Siskel was dying. Oh, so yeah. before Roper. Yeah. Out. So uh, they didn't do this one, but um, it does have some. Le- let's see. It has sixty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a few letterbox reviews. The Greek Geek writes, "Mom, can we get six cents? Mom, we have six cents at home." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, three stars. <laughs> Spieg. Spieg writes, Well, shit, I bought a used Blu-ray of this a few months back, complete with fingerprints of an ungrateful person who inexplicably picks up the disc on the playable side? Why do people do this? Look at any new purchased disc of mine, and you'll find nary a fingerprint on them. And if so, it's likely to be used for identification evidence of my offspring's <laughs> future misdeeds rather than confirm my own ownership. Oh, well, this is a problem that will someday be obsolete anyways. Enough old man get off my lawn ranting. I come to find out the disc is unplayable for unknown reasons. I see no visible scratches, and I've had other discs with fingerprints before play just fine. So I went ahead and purchased the movie from Apple, because the price was reasonable there. Two and a half stars. (laughs) Is that guy a ghost haunting the internet? What is that? (laughs) I don't know, but I want to talk to him. (laughs) 
Uh, I don't want to get stuck in that conversation. That's going to last forever. He reviewed a shopping experience. Yeah. Yeah. He reviewed the, no, he didn't even (laughs) review the shopping experience, just the bottom of the DVD. He told us he he got it used. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Unplayable. Beginning, middle, and and ended up buying it on Apple because the price was. Hearing it was unplayable. That was the punchline in the middle. Yeah. I thought he was going to get to a review and he's like, it wasn't like. <laughs> I thought it was a commentary it's on a like movie. him flipping through all the records in the movie, but no, it's just. Yeah. No, it was. I'm to give this man a different Blu ray, I guess. He went on Letterboxd and decided everyone needs to know. How... And he couldn't watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, user Billy writes. This movie made me change my rating of Twilight. Half a star. What? How? I, I guess. I thought he never would. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess he's saying it was so bad that it made Twilight look good. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Paul Carstairs right. My favorite game to play is called Stir of Echoes. Here's how to play. Sit in an empty theater and pretend you're Kevin Bacon. Five stars. I've done that. That's what I did when watching Stir of Echoes in the theaters. That's fucking... People are so weird on these websites. Did we get a a gay review? Because we get a lot of shirtless Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I could not find gay anywhere. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Guys, are we ready to jump into the movie? Uh, I'm kind of in the middle of something here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Here we go. This is Stir... Of echoes. We open on a house in a working class neighborhood in Chicago. Inside, Jake, a little boy, is taking a bath and talking to his invisible friend. Uh, his dad plays guitar in the next room. His dad is Tom Witzke. Tom goes downstairs. Uh, well, you know, he gets uh, he gets Jake out of the bath. Then goes downstairs. We meet his wife, Maggie, and her sister, oh, that, Lisa. That's when it's revealed that Jake is talking to his imaginary friend. Yeah. You don't really know because he's doing the little kid thing of just speaking while he's playing. But he's talking so straight he, into camera, too, which well, I thought was an yeah. interesting technique. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. And uh-huh. and then he stares at the window and just says. I'm not saying it's a reveal. What, what does he you, say? You're right. It's What's pretty it, obvious. Yeah. What's it like being dead? Or does, does it, it hurt, hurt to be dead? To be dead. Yeah. Right. Which, and they show that there's no one there. So that, that the, was the a freaky. reveal, but it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. 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 Um, we uh, find out, uh, yeah, Lisa is into horoscopes and the paranormal. She spills the beans that Maggie is pregnant again, uh, which never comes up again, actually. Yeah. No, yeah. in fact, she's quite reckless. <laughs> yeah, a pregnant lady <laughs> should not be doing well-being. She never goes to a doctor once. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of like that thread just completely is abandoned immediately after that. It's it's set up strictly as a way to make uh, us understand that Kevin Bacon is disappointed in how his life's turned out. And yeah. that the sister is a witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he makes that Dion Warwick joke. Which yeah. was a thing. She uh, was a spokesman for the Psychic Friends Network. Yeah. Uh, d- yeah. There was a point in the late 90s. Dionne Warwick uh, and Miss Cleo were the two yes. late night psychic ladies. They're like three Dionne's incredible, though. Still incredible. Still doing oh, it. Yes. Still funny. Whitney She's Houston's so funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh. Dionne Warwick's Twitter 
it was oh, amazing. The SNL bits about her, the Dionne Warwick talk show, are my favorite thing that they've been doing recently. <laughs> that's like my favorite recurring bit. Yeah, no, that's yeah. She she's hilarious these days. Um, but uh, anyways, Tom doesn't take it well. Uh, he later apologized to Maggie. We learned he wanted to be a professional musician when he was younger. Now he's just a lineman. A Chicago lineman, not a Wichita lineman. Not for the county, yeah, for the city. Yeah, uh, his name's Witzky. Is this our first Polish representation? Uh, Maybe in film. In I, film? I can't think of a Polish. <laughs> Probably not in film. <laughs> they finally got the screen door off the submarine and made it over are there any Polak superheroes? Anybody? Uh, <laughs> I can't think of any. My my wife if in Chicago. Yes, my wife is like seventy five percent Polish. So um, maybe one of the mystery men was Polish. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's somebody, someone, somewhere. Um, probably. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> um, the the uh what's his Which fargo. one of the fargo, hundred plus fargo guy um seemed polish oh yeah yeah i can't even think of his fargo. name ned flanders yeah um his his wife went to jail oh. yeah oh yeah for the giving their daughter giving money to the school right for bribing That's a school what? to take their daughter yeah. which oh, I just, william h macy william h macy, macy. yeah oh that's a pretty irish sounding well no no i'm saying in the if, if one of the mystery men in were going to be Polish, men. it would have been his character that seemed Polish. Oh, in mystery men. Yeah. I've lost. Or, or Janine Garofalo. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so anyways, uh, Tom puts Jake to bed. And Maggie and... Hey, Maggie and Lisa are the two sisters in this. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And they have a brother who they never mentioned the name of. I wonder if his name was Bart. That's, that would be hilarious. I'm going to have to check out that. No, no, it's Steve. It's Steve. That's right, that, Steve. The thing Because Steve's calling, yeah. Ah, so close, guys. You could have done a thing. Uh, um. So, yeah, they go to a nearby house party. So they go to a lot of functions in this. Like, a lot yeah. of functions. Without their child. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, did, you, what did you call this, Thoreau? Uh, somebody made a baby monitor joke? In the chat, oh, yeah, with, I, I think, think it was Al. Something. Yeah, but there are a lot of little block parties that do happen in Chicago. But yeah, the the football game they're going to go to mm-hmm. is just bizarre. Yeah. It's a high school. It's a high school football game. Yeah, doesn't it look like that's fucking Wrigley Field Fuck or yeah. that? It, I, like. Want security wands, and then even the well, we're not there yet. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, a lot of weird events that they all go to. A lot of events, not much work, and for, <laughs> I understand he like takes some time off. But when they say like if he doesn't go to work tomorrow, they're going to start docking him. Like that dude got fired. Let's be clear, Kevin Bacon got fired. But again, the '90s. Look at that house they're renting. Yeah, and yeah. He, he he alone said the water bill, which I. I believe it was 800 bucks, you know, so it's just funny. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's a lineman. He's he's probably doing pretty well. He's probably union. Yeah, as oh, a union I'm member, sure. can't get fired. Oh, it wasn't far-fetched. I was hark- I was feeling nostalgic. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes. Remember when there was money around? Yeah. Yeah, remember when your job paid you well? Some, Regardless of what it was. There was just money around. Oh, people yeah. People in general had even broke people. No, some, somehow I I 
yeah. I was unemployed for most of the nineties yet did fine somehow. Yeah. I, I started working at 14 and it was great for a long time. Uh, uh, so yeah, they're at the party. Uh, they bring the baby monitor with them. It's, is this, oh, is this at their, the, what's this place, his house, uh, Frank and yeah. Sheila's house? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Cause he goes across the street. Again. It is right across the street. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it's not oh. at their house because they lived on the same side of the street, like a couple doors down. I thought it was uh, Frank's. I don't think it was Frank's because Frank, they, Wait, they crossed the street. So. to No, get, I'm sorry. Harry, Harry. The, oh, oh the, 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 the cop slash landlord, the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. He the mentions other guy. being on the force and he's going to retire soon. That was his idea with flipping the houses. Okay. And he's yeah. becoming a okay. landlord to have some passive income while he's retired. Yeah. Gotcha. See, if he uh, were a good cop, he would have been killed the day before retirement. <laughs> yes. When, Le- <laughs> when Lenny, the, uh, the annoying guy. Not Lenny. Up, There's uh, a Lenny. <laughs> Frank. There a Carl. Frank says to Harry, um, why'd you invite this guy? Okay. Right. That's, yeah. Frank doesn't like him. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Um, so Lenny, <laughs> you wouldn't be saying that if Lenny and I played Mr. Smith. <laughs> well, were you sexiest man alive? Well, I don't know about Lenny. <laughs> I love how there was a few seasons there where Marge got really <laughs> concerned with Lenny and loved yeah. Lenny. Yeah. Oh my he god! He made a framed picture of him that yeah. was signed. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They went signed. to his house. That was after they went to his house for the first time, right? She was knitting. Yeah. No, when Homer's like, Marge, something happened to Carl and Lenny. Not Lenny. Lenny. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, they're at the party. It's it's getting late. Most people have gone home. Lisa's talking about her studies in hypnotism. Um. Uh, Tom- it was a very Gen X 90s hangout. Mm-hmm. And, and the way they're all dressed and her like mention of Shirley Manson in like the first scene. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Gave me a lot of memories. Very Just Gen X. Many older very- Gen X. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, uh, let's see. Uh, Tom's a skeptic. He doesn't believe in hypnotism and he challenges her to hypnotize him. So she does <laughs> quite easily. Um, he has a, uh, the whole, there's a whole theater thing. We see some, which was probably the most interesting filmmaking in it. Yeah. Was the theater shit that, that, that was interesting. Um, the red flash I thought was an interesting little touch. Yeah. Um, there was, there were some touches. It was, it was competently directed with a few flourishes that were interesting. It was by no means. A lot of it was. Yeah. The, yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. there was by no means a great authorial stamp of directing on it, but yeah, it was for sure. Yeah, it was it was competent. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, so uh, she hypnotizes him, and when he wakes up, he's pretty shaken by the experience. He apparently didn't said things he regrets. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Maybe they were anti-Semitic. It was borderline. <laughs> Just a lot of things came out. He's really <laughs> thirsty. I've been in this position. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's also a time jump. He does. He's not aware how long he's been under. Yeah. It's yeah. It's been a while. 
Um, so anyways, he, uh, he and Maggie go home. He I'm can't- sorry. Not only has it been a while, it's been long enough that they were experimenting on his body. Like, yeah, they were putting pins. <laughs> she through stabbed him. one hand. Apparently the, uh, pin going through the hand was not a special effect. They, a stunt man agreed to let them poke a pin through his hand. Wow. Yeah. I've met that guy sure. <laughs> at a party. <laughs> It took a lot less. Probably. Yeah, it took like bet me a beer. Yeah, exactly. I've seen that. You're like, no. All right, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Do you, sometimes it was as easy as do you dare me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the guy that's going to do it asking you. It's like, why don't you just jump that part and do it? Yeah. Uh, um. So, yeah, uh, they go home. Uh, he can't sleep. Uh, they have sex. Um, he begins having weird visions. He goes, uh, his tooth comes out in a vision. Uh, he's very thirsty, goes downstairs, sits on the couch where he sees the apparition of a teenage girl reaching out and yelling for him. He, what does she say? Can, does she ask, can you see me? She says, you you she says, you can hear me. Can't you? Okay. Yeah. Here, here. Okay. That's where I was getting that. Um, he uh, she disappears, but then we see Jake, who's woken up, <laughs> standing at the top of the stairs, saying appropriately kid horror movie creepy things. Just creepy shit. You're awake now, aren't you, Daddy? Aren't you, Daddy? Um, we didn't mention that everybody practiced their Chicago accent just by watching yeah, those man. SNL <laughs> sketches. That's why in the yeah no in in the chat you. You t- you mentioned The Shining. <laughs> and I was like, The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. It, it was just over the top. Everybody sounded like Harry Carey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, they uh, the next day, Tom goes to work and calls Lisa from the phone line um, from the pole. He's on a pole <laughs> and just calls her. Yeah, you still do that. Um, it's kind of crazy to me that we still have so many, like just phone lines out in the world when they're so underused at this point. We still have horses, man. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> mostly, uh, not the same. but they're My not going down the street terrible. every day. <laughs> I'd, well. I'd say mostly businesses still have phone lines. Yeah. But, like, e- land, but landlines, but, but even half of those are, um, well, are, they've been converted. Our VOIP. They've okay. they've found different things to use the fiber optic cable when when they updated all of those. Yeah, but those are underground. It, like like just like the phone lines. Like no, the, you're right. There are tons that are. Yeah. And there's like four no calls happening. Use. It's like my mom <laughs> just calling the electric company twice a week for no reason. Um. But yeah. Uh, so <laughs> for no reason, <laughs> no, she's just, she's just like the, the lights flickered for a few minutes last Tuesday, guys. <laughs> guys, what should we do about this? No, that's the hotline you update updates. Yeah, yeah. Um, for her, yeah, yeah, yeah she's in her seventies. <laughs> that is what it's. It's kind of what she does. It's call people with very worried about things that are not worrisome. 
<laughs> Speed of call though, we were we were at a spirit Halloween or wherever they had Halloween decorations, and it was this old timey phone, like very, very old timey phone, and you pick it up and you're like, ha 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 ha. And I was I was I was like a real phone call terrorizes me more than this old timey <laughs> skeleton phone. Just a regular call on my oh my god, unknown. What do I do? Yeah, no, the no, no, my, no. If I get a call on my phone, I'm like, I, and it doesn't say scam likely. <laughs> then I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. And I throw the phone and run away. <laughs> what do I do? Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, he, she says he learns that Lisa gave him a post-hypnotic suggestion to be open to all things around him. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, so I'm gay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I see ghosts. For influenza. So, uh, so they. Meanwhile, at home, Maggie's trying to find a babysitter for Jake that night because they're going to yet another function. Um, and an unseen person named Samantha tells Jake to tell his mom to call Vanessa about Debbie. <laughs> yeah. Samantha told Jake to tell Maggie to call Vanessa to ask about Debbie. Yeah. Jake is in their Tupperware sewing circle. Yeah. Um, Debbie arrives to babysit and Tom instantly gets a weird feeling about her. We get the red flash. Um, he initially more recognition than anything else. Yeah. I mean, you're right. He's creeped out. Like he's freaked, but yeah. Yeah. He knows her from somewhere. You can tell. Yeah, it's just, it's like just like a what is this? Something's happening. Yeah. Um so he and Maggie head to a high school football game which as Josh mentioned seems to be have roughly the same amount of people going to it and the same amount of security as your average Super Bowl. Right. It's insane. And then even the Go Tigers sign in the whole neon like it's a dive bar. Yeah. Yeah, you know, bleaking in and out. It's like, do they play in a fucking bar? Right. I so I mean, I've lived everyone. I've lived in the Midwest. High school Mm. football is not that big in there. It's not like rural areas. Sure, but but not in Chicago. Not in a city. Not in a block. Not in a neighborhood. That that was huge. I don't know. I don't know. That was a I lived in Chicago for a short amount of time, but you know, I was very near to Wrigley Field. That looked like even more intense than getting into Wrigley Field. <laughs> the, the mass of people trying to crowd through into the gate was yeah. insane. Yeah. And of course, Kevin Bacon's character is increasingly getting freaked out, which I don't blame him. It started to have like Brazilian soccer match <laughs> yeah. vibes and just everyone smashed against the fence. Yeah. And just, like guys, oh, it's high school. <laughs> it's high school. Like, like, why are this many people showing up to this game at all? It should be the parents and like a chunk of the students. That's it. Oh, everyone. Wonder what the gambling spread is. Right. Um, meanwhile, uh at home. Oh, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, back at home, Debbie. Oh no, I'm sorry. On the walk, also, this is where we get Frank. Uh, regaling Tom with how good at football his son is. A lot of rushing yards. And picking up chicks. Yeah. Yes. He said that he already surpa- surpassed him in the tail department. 
when he was 14. Yes. So. <laughs> so gross, gross, double uh-huh. gross. Why are you talking to me? We've known each other for. Yeah, that's not. Uh, yeah, as 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 a dad, I'm not. Don't need to hear about that. Um. So back at home, Debbie, the babysitter, overhears Jake on the baby monitor talking to Samantha. When she goes upstairs and confronts him, um, she gets upset when he tells her it was Samantha and takes him and runs off into the night. Tom senses his Tom senses tingling. Um, <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> no, his bacon, his bacon, his bacon sense. sense. <laughs> My bacon sense is also tingling, but it's a little different than his. <laughs> He's all Peter Porker. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, he, uh, he runs back home. Uh, Maggie goes after him. He runs home and finds that she's gone with Jake, but he gets psychic flashes of where to go. He follows her um, to uh, a, a train station where Debbie ha- they find Debbie with Jake. They grab Jake back. Cop comes up. They accuse her of kidnapping Jake, and she says she was just bringing him there to talk to her mother who works there. There, her it builds s- some suspense. You don't know yeah. why that's happening. It's like, is she in a cult? Like, I don't know. It's fun for yeah. a moment. <laughs> yeah, for a minute, you don't know what's going on. Um, but we find out that uh, Debbie's sister has been missing for six months. She has an intellectual disability. Um, when they get uh, home... What- which Lenny calls her the R word, and Kevin uh, comes to her defense. I thought that was progressive. No, 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 I was, thought they were just Frank. Frank comes to her defense. Oh, Frank, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I expected him just to let it lie, but good for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it's still the '90s, so slow was where we were at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, getting there. So, White guys were getting there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were only eighty five percent terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're well, you, you forget about the murders and the covering up of the murders. Listen, he's yes. woke. Sexual assault is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, actually, yeah, they talk about that, and then that became all too real about the, you know, ruining a young man's life. Uh, yeah, that 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 was. We got the Brock Turner treatment in this one. Yes, that's yep. his name. I knew it was Brock yep. something. Mm-hmm. Never forget. Every time. Yeah. Yep. Fucking Brock Turner. Rapist Brock Turner. Um, yes. So, uh, they, yeah, on the way, they uh, get home. They asked Jake how he knew about Debbie to tell his mom to hire her. He's like, oh, I know Debbie. <laughs> like, they're like, Jake. How did you know that Maggie should call Vanessa about Debbie? <laughs> um, <laughs> he tells them that Samantha told him all about her. Tom gets kind of intense about all this. Uh, Jake says he doesn't want to talk about it anymore because it's scaring his mom. Um, this is a point where Tom completely checks out. Uh, and is just all ghosts all the time. <laughs> And yeah, he gets real into his it. hobbies, but um, <laughs> uh, later at uh, yet another neighborhood block party, Tom begins asking the neighbors about Samantha, including his landlord Harry. 
Frank and their sons, who are the football players, Kurt and Adam, who all just... I'm sorry. I, I will put that at first it... God damn it. What's Kevin Bacon's name? Uh, Tom. Tom. He comes off as the real weirdo here for a second. He's like, so what, you know, what makes you ask? Well, I've been thinking about her a lot lately. <laughs> You've been thinking about uh, a runaway teenage girl you never met? <laughs> yeah. The cop is like, uh, why? <laughs> yeah. <that's- laughs> Don't look- don't be in a situation where you let a cop ask why you're already in too deep. <laughs> no, if a cop is asking you why, why? you best just you're ask fucked. for a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, why are you thinking that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, they dismiss her as a runaway tweet, runaway teen. We learned that Harry's just fixed up the house that Tom and Maggie live in. Uh, Maggie tells Lisa about how obsessed Tom is becoming. Uh, later, Tom has a prophetic dream in which Frank tells Tom that they're going to kill you and Maggie both. Um, and then his Frank's son, Adam shoots himself. He wakes up, goes down the street and here's Adam shooting himself in the house. He rushes in to help. We cut to later, the police and paramedics arrive and Adam is rushed to the hospital. This scene was so confusing for me. I had to rewind this twice. Mm. To realize, like, oh, this is a dream. Oh, wait, now he's awake. And when they're outside and the ambulances are coming, it was just really like lots of shuffling around. Yeah, in the it was interesting what they did uh, with the dog and the the male person because um, in the dream uh, he sees the male per he sees the dog and then he sees the the male person uh, in the yard going into the yard next door. Mm. Then he goes in the house. Here's the dog barking, and then Adam shoots himself. And then in real life, he's like a few steps behind because he's walking down the street. Mm-hmm. He sees the dog, but the male person goes into the dog's yard and starts barking. Uh, and then he hears then he hears yeah. the gunshot. So yeah, a few seconds away. So if Adam really did shoot himself in the chest, that is an ineffective way to kill. Well, that's him. why he didn't uh, die. Turns out yeah. he didn't die. It was like the side. Yeah, it, which which is a weird way to do it. But you drown in your own blood, I guess. I mean, it's not good for you. I'll give you that. Yeah. But it's, it, it decreases. You don't want any lead inside you. The likelihood that you would miss, as opposed yeah. to a headshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Cobain you know, didn't shoot himself shot in the chest. Right, <laughs> you could shoot yourself in the testicles, and you would die. Sure, <laughs> a lot oh, yeah. of blood. A lot sure. of blood there. Sure. But, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of uh, chances to not die. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it's going to it's going to be longer than you would like it to be, <laughs> to be. <laughs> between the being shot and the being dead. <laughs> so please spend a little more. Go for a. Yeah, just buy a buy a better bullet. I guess we're going to shoot buy yourself a in the better chest. bullet. Hey, it's 2023, baby. Is that your rap album? <laughs> Buy a better bullet. Damn. Pick a bigger weapon. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so at that point, Maggie decides to take Jake for a walk rather than watch the ambulance. Um, it's an endearing moment. It is when they're doing mother yeah. and son. Yeah. Well, before it takes a fucking left turn. Because. Yeah. Bef- yeah. Bef- before we learned that, unfortunately, Jake enjoys bagpipe music. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, it's beautiful. Incorrect. <laughs> it is not, Jake. <laughs> you were wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I love funerals. They're so pretty. So oh, my God. everywhere. I used to work at Old Chicago. I don't know if anybody remembers that restaurant. Anyways, beer, yeah. pizza. Um, St. Patrick's Day was huge for them, obviously. Big college bar, but bagpipers oh. every year. And not just on the patio. They would let them come inside like mariachis. And it was... It was enough to stab yourself or someone else in the face. Like you're trying to take orders. You're trying to deliver orders. I did an event at a church in Hawaii and they had a bagpiper group playing Christmas music. I hope it was July. I I was always like, it was December, but it was the worst thing I've ever heard. My ears hurt. I would always grumble about that being Scottish music and not Irish music. But nobody listened. And every year. Mm. <laughs> hey so anyways, yeah actually yeah what the fuck that yeah. is scottish um there, there should have been drunk guys reciting plays or poetry mm-hmm. and half crying and half praying yeah it is that's irish it is yeah. scottish I, the dropkick murphys have a lot to answer for um <laughs> yeah they're just from boston i don't know yeah. i don't give them any credit for anything besides getting me drunk i, a kid. I was just complaining about old chicago as yeah. far as a big picture, that's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want him in the building. <laughs> but uh, Danny yeah. likes him. Yeah. So, Bagpipes I mean, inside Jake. are terrible. Danny. <laughs> yeah. No, at one point when he, when he said this daddy, when he said daddy, dude turned me and was like, did he call him Danny? <laughs> but well, uh, now he may as well be Danny. So he's in the graveyard. Yeah. No, no. There's so a- they, they see the, they, there's a magic black man. <laughs> Scatman Carruthers. Scatman Carruthers. Yep, he's bald. Exactly. He's basically right. Scatman Carruthers. Yeah. But before that, his mom's like, Danny, what are you doing? We're not supposed to be here. Danny should have been like, my taxes are paying for this funeral. I'm going to stand here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. All of a sudden, there's a, ma- a magical black character. Yep. And he's a bald black guy. Yeah. A little on the nose there, guys. A little Dick Halloran. Yeah. So they... uh he waves to Jake he knowingly. Wa- he waves to him. Then Jake and Maggie frolic off between the graves. He, com- he comes and finds them uh, and talks to Maggie about Jake's psychic abilities. Tells her that uh, Tom is invited to a private gathering of like-minded individuals. <laughs> um <laughs> to learn more about <laughs> him and Jake's psychic powers. <laughs> or consult your local library. Yeah. Um, <laughs> later that night, Jake teaches Tom to play some stones. <laughs> yeah. What about if you put it here, Daddy? Be like, bro, like it's it's a it's it's a simple minor scale. Why are you not hitting the right notes? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a real Phil Spector uh, vibe here, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel safe. Uh, so Maggie, uh, instead of telling Tom about the Shining meeting, goes to the meeting herself. First, you get yourself a dashiki. <laughs> then. Yes, he was wearing a dashiki. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was, he's a cop, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a cop? Yeah. 
wow, really like everyone is equal inside that building because those people are talking to that man. <laughs> they really are. But the like, very like the people in there were like, hey, man, shut the door, man. <laughs> like, it's not a freak show in here, man. <laughs> Like, yeah, this cup? there were bad vibes in there. Like it was not a cool. What meeting. were they going to teach Kevin Bacon? Right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Neil tells her the spirit <laughs> that contacted Tom has asked for something and will get increasingly upset if it doesn't happen. Then that dude dips out of the movie. Yeah. He's like, my work here is done. <laughs> and she never tells Tom about him, which might actually be helpful to Tom. I could have. Yeah. Uh, then at home, Samantha begins hanging out around Maggie, ruining her bath. Uh, we see they have the world's creepiest basement. Yeah. We had a, yeah. our, our house in Milwaukee um, was built in, I think, like 1902 or something. And the basement, there was like a couple like of those creepy like root cellar rooms in the basement that we called like the Blair Witch Room. Yeah. Um, those are, yeah, yeah. Back east too, there mm-hmm. were some creepy basements. Yeah, in my day. Sure. Uh, so um, then Samantha makes Jake watch Night of the Living Dead for a while <laughs> instead of HR <laughs> Puff and stuff. Yeah, which is was it was creepy in its own right. Right. Um, Maggie goes downstairs was to that, was that HR Puffin stuff? It wasn't. It was a it, looked, it was a Croft. It looked like a Sid and Marty Croft. It was show, a, yeah. yeah, it was a Sid oh, and Marty okay. Croft, but I don't think it was actually HR Puffin stuff. Um because I've never seen it, I just know it as a name. But it was a nineteen seventies Sid and Marty Croft show for sure. Yeah. Um they had specials. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, Maggie goes downstairs to check the water heater and gets a head injury. She So she really should have gotten some medical attention for that. Honestly, she this was bleeding lady. bleeding pretty pretty heavily as a pregnant lady. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't normal pregnant. Yeah. Um, bleeding. So, uh, yeah, then uh, Tom is busy listening to a CD collection and he has a vision of the house under construction. Samantha's there. She reaches out to him and touches him, turning him cold, making it so he can't breathe. She's trying to tell him something, but Maggie pulls him out of the vision. Uh, I, I think it's cool, the physiological effects that we see Kevin Bacon experiencing. Yes. Like he's feeling the, you know, being choked. He's feeling his fingernails getting ripped off. Yeah. I like that. He's opening cold his mind. temperature. To every part of that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he felt Just the teenage Ilya. boys trying to... Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Tom goes to Lisa's house where she's seems to be on a date with a Spanish-speaking lady. Yeah, seems like it. Um, Carlita, I think she calls her. Yeah, name? Carlita. Carlita. Yeah. They just got high, apparently. Um, they uh, he asked her to rehypnotize him to take away the visions, but it goes wrong, and instead Samantha implants a message in his brain that he has to dig. <laughs> if it was the 1960s, he would have been like, "I dig it all, man." Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next day, Maggie arrives home to find the fridge fully stocked with orange juice, and Tom and Jake digging in the backyard. 
Um, there were a Jake, couple. That, that was funny. That was cute. The kid digging. The kid digging. There, there was there was some moments that were really cute in kind of this area, mostly where he was like, where he was like, "Don't worry, it's not over there. It's not over there." Yeah, and no. When he goes inside and pours two glasses of orange juice, chugs his own, and then immediately is like. You gonna drink that? To the I know. As if it's like he poured for her that she was not interested in at all. Right, as if it's a really good reserve bourbon or something. Yeah. You gonna drink that? Um. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Maggie gets angry at Tom. Tom insists what he's doing is important. Um, that he has to keep doing it. He kind of yells at her. She gets mad. Um, she goes inside. She got a letter. Fax to yeah, we haven't talked about the fax machine. That's right. In the house. Her her brother faxes her a letter. I mean what? It was there, I think, for Tom to get jobs, you know, because he's a lineman, so it's probably a private contractor. But sure. yeah, then then to have other characters use the fax machine in the nineteen ninety nine. That was hilarious. Funny. That yeah. was hilarious. I've Never faxed anyone a private message in my <laughs> no. life. No. In fact, I, I've hated having to fax times that I did. There, only since, only since the uh, pandemic has fax become not the only way to electronically transmit documents to the state of Arizona, by the way, guys. <laughs> That's crazy. No, yeah. it's not. It's a brave it new world, man. Yeah. It is. 2020 was when that finally ended. The information superhighway. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, Tom uh, had a vision that her grandmother is dead. That's what uh, her, her brother was faxing her about, that he, she wasn't doing well. She gets a call. <laughs> uh, somebody faxed me that someone died. Someone faxed. If someone faxed me at all, I'd be like, I don't have a fax machine. Where did this piece of paper come from? Someone walked from another room and <laughs> in their head. Uh, so, yeah, she gets a call from her brother then about it immediately. She's going to go to the funeral um, and she wants Tom to come with her, but he insists he can't go. He's busy digging. Oh, and Tom knew that the grandma died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that that detail. Mm-hmm. He let it slip and realized that was a, yes that he shouldn't be the one to tell her. And yeah, um, so she angrily goes to the funeral with just Jake. While they're gone, Tom digs first in the backyard. He tears up the floors in the house. Uh, he's tra- trying to tear up the floor in the basement. Uh, goes and rents a jackhammer. Um, while working in the basement. He inadvertently knocks down a brick wall and inside it discovers Samantha's mummified remains. And then he touches it. Yeah, I wouldn't have touched it. <laughs> I'm sure the smell in there has got to be awful, too. Yeah. I'm sure that, I'm sure the smell in the basement is awful because she is just an exposed corpse in a hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, not involved. Yeah. Not, yeah. No, not involved. It smells terrible. Yeah. So, uh, before he knocks down the wall, um, he's talking with Maggie on the phone, mm-hmm. and uh, she wants to come get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants him to drive there, but he can't. He says he can't use the company truck, um, so she's going to come get him. 
um, and the kid, Jake, doesn't want to go. He's like, I'm afraid of the feathers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then hands, uh, Maggie almost forgets her purse. And he's like, he, don't forget this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so she heads back. She says she's just going to honk when she gets out front for Tom to come. Tom says, before he can refuse, she hangs up and starts leaving. And at this, somewhere in this point, um, Harry, his landlord slash cop and father, the other weird kid. Yeah, stuff happening. It starts to catch, even from a landlord point of view. (laughs) Did he He, bring a a jackhammer and an air compressor? Yeah, he hears the jackhammer and Tom screaming wildly. Yeah. Because he's... And how much fun he's having with the jackhammer. Yeah. And let's be clear. At this point, his 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 security deposit's gone. Right. <laughs> well, at this point, it, it it keeps you think you don't necessarily maybe think the cop is involved. You think he's just interested as a landlord. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously, um, the Frank, the neighbor, seems like the most likely suspect just for the casting, if nothing else. Yeah. Well, the way he's, yeah, this is a nice neighborhood. Yeah, all of that stuff. Um, so uh, he, as he touches her, he receives a vision showing him what happened. Um, Samantha was walking down the street. Adam and Kurt were hanging out in the house as it was being uh, uh, worked on. They lured her in. They were going to try to rape her. She resists, and they unintentionally suffocate her to death. Um, yep. they were drinking green apple pucker in that house. Or cream de mint. Yeah. I think the, it was green Jesus. apple pucker. Yeah. But that yeah. Was, uh, at that point in time too. Yeah. Nice detail. Uh, Adam throws up his green pucker. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I hated this I mean, scene it, so much. Pucker came in a different. Or whatever it was. Bottle. Was but, it? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't. It was so probably then creme de menthe. Who knows? Or like vodka with food color, you know, green beer is just. Yeah, but it's, they, they obviously it, stole the bottle from like their mom's like yeah. stash. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, Judas, was that absinthe? I was like, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> there were plenty of. Bright- Did he know it was illegal like most of our life? No, I, I don't know. But uh, I was like, we had plenty of bright green liquors in the 90s that were. One of the first times in high school that I got drunk, yeah, I just blindly reached into Mimi's cabinet and pulled out um, schnapps, peppermint schnapps. It was just so rough. Yeah. Josh and Eli and I just slugging it. It was so thick. <laughs> That's I can't imagine something I'd like to drink less. I know. It was just schnapps. a blind grab. Like, oh, no, she had rum. <laughs> Yeah, you guys could have been drinking vodka or something, but no, <laughs> peppermint schnapps. Um, cool. uh, yeah, so uh, um, Tom goes down to Frank's house. He's going to tell him about it, tell him they have to call the police, brings them back to the basement to show him. Frank breaks down and admits that Adam and Kurt had confided their secret to him and Harry. Frank pulls out a gun, demands to be alone. Tom leaves the basement and here's a single shot. Which, what was that? That was my one unanswered question from this. What did he Same. shoot? And Same then Andrews. what did he do the entire time he heard what was happening upstairs? Yeah, was he, yeah. did he want Tom to think he had done that? Was, yeah, was that an elaborate ruse? 
I, I don't know because he was. What like, happens next is not unbelievable, but what was the shot? Yeah. Why, why did what, he fire one off in a basement? Why did he shoot? Yeah. One bullet in the basement and then just stand there for 10 minutes, then come right. up. Yeah. So I have um, a theory I'm assembling right now. Maybe he wanted to uh, mess with the evidence so that the boys would not be as implicated. Mm. Potentially, maybe he shot. Uh, her hand that was holding the hair. Um, or another... even shot her through the head or so because it was his gun. Maybe he was it was a last-ditch effort to take yeah. responsibility. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so he's implicating himself in the crime. So that's a combo of what you guys okay. said. Or, yeah. or that it was the second shot he fired. Um, the first shot he fired was when Tom was still in the basement and he fired to scare him out. He's sure. like, uh, it was a warning shot, and maybe he just shot another one off to emphasize his point. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't maybe. come back down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, there was a rascally cat. Yeah, but no, that makes <laughs> sense. Him like as a last ditch, trying to take the blame for it. I maybe, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it would be pretty obvious uh, to any forensic analyst yeah. that, how like, new the uh, uh, yes very obvious like he's yeah. losing it he's down there he's freaking out he I, wants to protect his son the neighborhood and his friend tom and the neighborhood again. i love how he says what were you supposed to do just let them go to jail <laughs> like yeah yes yeah, so that that's was what the you Brock were supposed Turner to do they, yeah. they killed a girl dude come on man that's she cool. was slow she had no future they were up and coming football star it's just disgusting yeah fucking gross Gross. So gross. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, Harry and Kurt arrive. They force their way inside. Uh, they uh, corner Tom. They're gonna kill him, but <laughs> assassinate him. Yeah. You know, pillow. Yeah. Gun to the back of the head. Just fucking crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Maggie arrives and interrupts. Um, she has the knife that was in the uh the purse that Jake made sure she didn't forget. Right. Um, and yeah, she, she goes into it to get herself. Oh no. A, a knife. Yeah. <laughs> if only a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yes, she has the knife, but she walks in that house like a boss. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's Ripley in this moment. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. She's badass. Um, but, uh, Harry does uh, grab her. Um, uh, she stabs him in the foot. Or does she stab the kid? Was it him or the kid? I can't remember. Stabs Harry in the foot. That's right. Because then he shoots up through the roof. Right? Yeah. Through the ceiling. Which explodes the pillow in Jake's bed and the feathers fly, which is the feathers he was afraid of. And only we see that yeah. particular moment, which was, again, fun. That was a little fun filmmaking moment. Yeah. Absolutely. That was probably the coolest end result of the ability yeah. is this vague, cryptic prophecy. Because Jake didn't even happens. know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. she's like, what feathers? And he's like, I don't know. The feathers. Yeah. yeah. Just the feathers. Just, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. So then Frank emerges from the basement and kills Kurt and Harry. We see Samantha's spirit smile and walk away down the street. Dude, he's yeah, like real in the Matrix. Kind of thing. Yeah. When when he comes up from the basement, it's like that bank scene 
you know, or the bank heist, where he's just like, yeah. ah. anyways, I just started blasting. He just kills this guy so and quick. What confusing scruples the man has. Right. He's like, no, cold-blooded murder, no way, no way. Accidental murder, cover up for your football star son. He's just all over the place. The, the neighborhood is the most important thing. It's like a, a Fast and the Furious family, but also crime, but also <laughs> but also crime, but also neighbors, but also block parties, but also fuck Lenny, <laughs> but also the neighborhood, but also uh, football, high school football, football. and pride. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so there was the guy at the party that they were like, "Who invited this fucking asshole?" That's Lenny. not the guy at the end, right? Is that the guy who? kidnaps no. them okay no. okay i thought that was a different well, guy that was lenny's lenny. literally the neighborhood dipshit yeah like frank particularly doesn't like him mm. i bet he knew or overheard and you know you could tell lenny has a big mouth but yeah but you could also tell nobody likes him yeah nobody yeah. likes lenny um so uh every village has an idiot right? yeah it's yeah. true um, so sometime later, uh, we see the family moving out of the house. We, uh, see Samantha has a grave now. Um, then as the family drives away, we see Jake in the back seat. He covers his ears because there's a lot of ghosts and they talk um, if a had lot. The caps- if you had the captions on, a lot of different voices are saying, Jake, Jake. As he's going by, so every house is haunted. Which, again, I—that's a, a principle I've said all along. If there are ghosts, every inch of the planet is haunted. Absolutely. There's nowhere that people haven't died. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he just hears his name over Jake. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Um, so that's where he has the auditory, whereas before he had more of a visual. Yeah. Shining. Yeah. Where his dad had the hearing thing shining. Yeah. I think it's interesting that there's a variety of ways to pick up on things. That's I wish yeah. they had gone. I wish that we had made it into that room with the dashiki police officer and the junkie. Yeah, what was going on in there? Yeah. Mm. I want to know what they were gonna tell dad. Like what? They were gonna how to harvest you know? a crow. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh yeah. Um they, there is a sequel to this. Went straight. It, it premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, okay. It was one of those things that was... Uh, it, it was an unrelated film that they retitled as the sequel in order to cash in on the name recognition. It stars... Okay, yeah. uh, it, it, it stars a... Uh, Rob Lowe. A, stu- a slumming at Rob Lowe, yeah. Um, Stir of Echoes 2, The Homecoming. It is the unrelated home- to this film in every way other than he can hear and see ghosts. And high school football. Yes. Uh, yeah, The Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is, uh, that's it for Stir of Echoes. Yep, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fine. I, I I liked it better when I watched it twenty years ago. I was gonna say because I remember really liking it then, but it's funny because now, yeah, it takes a bit more. <laughs> it, it does. It 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 was a real paint by numbers kind of kind of thing. <laughs> right, I could see how it was freaky then. Mm-hmm. I could see how we told each other to check it out, but now, yeah, 
the I theater don't... scene, the the like uh what's that what's the um what's that movie where we're going, we don't need eyes. Oh uh Event Horizon where they where they spliced in all the all the horror scenes yeah. in between like yeah. a relatively normal shot of the movie. That that was big at the time. It seemed like that shit that. still freaks yeah, yeah. me out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the whole the, the ghost moving all jittery, very grudge like. Yeah. So um yeah, yeah, it was all right. It was it's a it's a solid B. B minus. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. Any final thoughts or anything, guys? I don't really have much to say. Oh. Kevin Bacon got skinny. Yeah. He was really skinny in this movie. He was skinny. He was skinny and but uh, that's how we looked in JFK and well look at Footloose behind. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly Animal House. A, li- a little bit ripped. Not like su- not like yeah. but not like big. Oh, and he's he's toned. Forty. Yeah. Yeah. Forty. Yeah. Um, watching or seeing him shirtless made me do some push-ups. <laughs> it, I, well, I absolutely to all our did listeners push-ups. That haven't seen me before. It reminds kind of what I look like. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of how much I've let myself go in my forties. Anyway, I literally, I, I was like, I was actually about, digging last week. I'm about Kevin Bacon's age. I gotta, I gotta outage Kevin Bacon. That's the goal. Yeah, he still looks yes. Uh, but uh, yeah. That's about it. Um, that's it. Stir of Echoes. It's it's all right. <laughs> if you'd like to see a movie that's fine, go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, that's it for this week, everybody. Uh, next week, we're back to our quote unquote normal programming. Um, we're going to be uh, going back. Uh, we had briefly mentioned prior to Haunted Phosphorescence that we're going to be going back to uh, comic-adjacent films. <laughs> and we'll be starting with Annie. Or, uh, the 1980, what, 80, 81? Yeah, not the not remake. The, not the Jamie Foxx one? Not the Jamie Bummer. Foxx, Annie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Annie, that is next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. This has been uh, your host, Throw Smiley. And I'm off to find a bowl of warm soup. <laughs> I'm Josh CC, and uh, I can get you some tickets to a high school football game if you need them. Good price. I never wanted to be famous. I just wanted to be Kevin Bacon. I'm Brian <laughs> Lesh. When you wake up dead with your throat cut, don't come crying to me. I'm Alaric <laughs> Weber. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.